Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. morning and thank you for standing by. Welcome to Great Panthers Mining's third quarter earnings call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, simply press star and one on your touchtone phone. Should anyone need assistance during the conference call, they may signal an operator by pressing star and zero on their telephone. I would now like to turn the call over to Megan Brown, Vice President of Investor Relations. Thank you, Operator, and good morning, everyone. I'm Meg Brown. Thank you for taking the time to participate in our call today. Before we begin, I'd like to mention there is some legal language at the end of this presentation, which advises that some of the commentary on today's call contains forward-looking statements. You should be cautioned that actual results and future events may differ from those noted in today's presentation. The commentary also refers to various non-GAAP measures, definitions, and reconciliations that are included in our MD&A for the period ended September 30th. All dollar amounts expressed in this presentation and in the associated financial statements in MD&A are in U.S. dollars unless noted. For reference during the call, AISC refers to all-in sustaining costs. I would like to remind everyone that this conference is being recorded and will be available for replay later today. Replay information and the presentation slides accompanying this conference call and webcast will be available on our website at greatpanther.com. On the call this morning, we have Rob Henderson, President and CEO, Neil Hepworth, Chief Operating Officer, and Jim Zadra, Chief Financial Officer. I'll now turn the presentation over to Rob. Thanks, Meg, and thanks everyone for dialing in today. I'm very excited to be sharing our record results with you today. The steady production from our mines, together with the increase in the gold and the silver price, helped us deliver a number of financial records for the third quarter. Turning to slide three, I want to say I'm extremely impressed with how our team is managing through COVID-19. Life and work as we know it has changed in the span of just a few months, and our people have adapted to a new way of working. We have developed and implemented robust prevention, monitoring, and response plans at all of our operations, including mandatory medical screening and testing. COVID still remains our biggest risk to our business in 2020, particularly as we appear to be entering the second wave of infection. All of our sites have been affected. However, the majority of our COVID cases have been in Brazil but I'm pleased to say that 97% of those affected have recovered and are back at work, with just 3% remaining in quarantine or restricted to working at home. We will continue to be diligent in our monitoring and response to keep our people safe and healthy. Turning to slide four, since transitioning from Great Panther Silver to Great Panther Mining a little over a year ago, We now have three 100% owned operations in two stable mining jurisdictions, Brazil and Mexico. Our largest asset is the Tucano gold mine in Brazil, which is by far our largest mine, contributing 83% of our gold equivalent ounces on a year-to-date basis. 
Topia and GMC in Mexico are essentially silver mines and have been steady contributors to Great Panther's cash flow for the last 15 years. When I joined Great Panther six months ago, my immediate priority was to support the team in getting our operations stabilized and generating strong cash flow. With the onset of COVID and an immediate travel ban, I have not been able to spend time at the mines as I normally would. However, I was able to spend a week at Tucano recently and have now met the team and seen the operation firsthand. And I'm very pleased to report things are going in the right direction in terms of day-to-day operations and the exploration program is advancing as planned. We remain well positioned to meet our full year production and cost guidance on a consolidated basis which is 146,000 to 158,000 gold equivalent ounces at an all-in sustaining cost of 1150 to $1,250 per ounce. Let me slide five. We delivered very good results in Q3, including close to 40,000 ounces of gold equivalent production in the quarter, slightly higher than that of Q2, and on track with our plans. Buoyed by the strong metal prices, with gold at $1,907 per ounce and silver at $26 per ounce, we were able to report a number of financial records, including revenue of $77 million, net income of $19 million, and adjusted EBITDA of $35 million. These achievements resulted in a strengthening of the balance sheet, ending the quarter with $67 million in cash and equivalents. And this strong free cash flow puts us in a good position to internally fund our exploration and capital programs and further build working capital, which is currently at $25 million. Mm-hmm. Slide six, I want to highlight that we published our first sustainability report in the quarter using the GRI reporting framework. It documents all of the good work being done at our sites in the areas of health, safety, environmental, social, and governance. And I encourage you to have a look at the report on our website and I welcome your feedback. I will now now turn over to Neil Hepworth, our Chief Operating Officer, to discuss the operations in more detail. Okay, thanks, Rob. Okay, starting with Tucano on slide seven. Production in Q3 was around about 32,000 ounces of gold, which brought our production for the nine months in September 30 to about 93,000 ounces of gold. Um, with plant recoveries remaining stable at about 92.1%. All in sustaining cost for the Q quarter three came in at $1,061 an ounce, which is a 20% improvement over Q3 of 2019. This was due mainly to the benefit of the weakened um, real. Our 2020 exploration program with a budget of 6.6 million and 55,000 meters of drilling is continuing to advance with 22,800 meters drilled to the end of the third quarter. Right, moving to slide eight. The, the first phase of the exploration drill pro- pro- program is now complete at just over 14,000 meters, and this was focused on drilling immediately below the $1,350 per ounce design pit shells in, in TAP AB1 and TAP AB3. This, this, this drilling was targeted to convert resources to reserves to extend the open pit mine life. These ounces will be included in the new reserve and resource statements, which we expect to release before the end of the year. The objective of this drilling was to at least replace this year's mined ounces. 
The, the building resulted in a number of high-grade intersections, which together with other intersections indicated continu continuity of the resources below the pits. There were further two diamond drills operating on Urukumis deposit, where infill resource drilling is happening, and also some step-out drilling is being carried out to test for additional offshoots in Urukumis. Okay, we're moving to slide nine. On slide nine, the second phase of the Tukana drill program is to evaluate the potential for an underground operation below the Oracum North Pit. The previous owner established or published a feasibility, pre feasibility study which envisioned, envisioned a 1,000 tons per day underground operation, con contributing 40 to 50,000 ounces of gold per year. But with it grading up to four grams a ton, this underground ore would be high grade sweetener to supplement the open pit ore. Okay, the initial target for Great Panther drilling this year was to extend the shallow sloping areas that would be available for mining first when developing the underground access ramp. That's just that drilling is, is finishing off now and we're going to be moving into deeper drilling in this in this in this quarter. This is to gather more information on the extent of the deeper high grade ore shoots. This is both in terms of continuity of these shoots and extension both up and down plunge. We aim to have a decision on whether to proceed with a feasibility study for an underground mine following the completion of the underground drill program and update of the geological model. Right, slide 10. As noted on slide 10, the Great Panthers tenements cover some of the most prospective and underexplored greenstone, greenstone terrain in Brazil. During the third quarter of 2020, a full reinterpretation of the regional exploration data sets was carried out primarily by comparing the structure based on airborne geophysics with existing soil geochemistry data. An exploration model was developed that helped generate numerous targets with specific focus on those within 20 kilometers trucking distance of the Tacon process plant. We are currently drilling two of the regional targets, Salaminda and Mutum, which represent the third phase of our Tacana drill program. In addition to this drilling, an extensive program of soil and stream sediment sampling has been undertaken to both maintain compliance on tenements, but also to evaluate the other priority exploration corridors of the regional land package. Right, turning to our Mexican operations, um, on slide 11, Topia reported a full quarter of stable operations producing nearly 400,000 silver equivalent ounces with recoveries at 92.5%. All in sustaining cost was $15.85 per payable silver ounce, which is a 29% improvement over quarter two 2020. We're on track to meet the 2020 production guidance of 1.2 million to 1.3 million silver equivalent ounces. All in sustaining cost will probably come in lower than the guidance of $21 to $22 per payable silver ounce, with all in sustaining costs for the first nine months of the year below $18 per payable silver ounce. Okay. Um, Tobia is basically a high-grade narrow vein system and by its nature has a very small amount of reserves. But every year we continue to drill and develop to replace mined ounces. We've been operating Tobia for 15 years with good cash flow generation. Um, slide 12 is GMC. At GMC, the ore process is primarily sourced from the San Ignacio mine, but we had some pretty good exploration success this, this last year and this allowed us to increase the contribution from Guana Water Mine in 2020. The, the two mines together with a shared processing plant comprise our Guana Water Mine Complex, or GMC. Production from GMC in the third quarter was just over 160,000 ounces of silver equivalent, 
sorry, of, of silver, and nearly 2,000 ounces of gold for 335,000 silver equivalent ounces. All in sustaining cost in Q3 came in at $18.83 per payable silver ounce, which is 31% improvement over Q2 2020. The exploration program continues to advance at GMC with four underground drill rigs in operation and the objectives of outlining in situ blocks of high grade mineralization. And we've 25,000 meters of drill planned for 2020, and at the end of Q3, we've completed nearly 11,000 meters. At Guanajuato Mine, the drilling was focused mainly on the Los Pozos area, where previous results have allowed us to increase production from this area in, in, in 2020. At San Ignacio, the drilling is, is focused on the Curisaba hanging wall vein. Okay, I'll now turn the call over to Great Panther CFO, Jim Zadler, to discuss our financial results. Thank you, Neil, and uh, welcome, everyone. For Q3 2020, Great Panther's financial results reflected an average realized gold price of $1,907, a $400 plus, $400 plus improvement over Q3 of 2019 and almost $200 improvement over the previous quarter. The strong gold price together with production tracking well to our annual guidance made for a very strong quarter in terms of financial results. Silver saw even greater percentage increases which benefited our Mexican operations. However, we remain primarily leveraged to the gold price with gold representing just over 80, 85% of the value of our production in Q3. We also saw very good cost performance on a consolidated basis with our ASIC before corporate G&A coming in at $1,023 for Q3, a 22% decrease over Q3 2019, driven primarily by the weaker Brazilian real. Net earnings for Q3 were $18.6 million, or $0.05 cents per share, and more than double the $8.6 million we reported in the previous quarter. Mine operating earnings before non-cash items came in at $42 million, more than double the level of Q3 2019, and adjusted EBITDA was $35 million, an almost threefold improvement over Q3 of last year. Cash flow from operating activities or operating cash flow was $20 million. This reflected about $6 million, uh, $6 million reduction in our trade payables to normalize this balance, which was at a high level at the end of Q2. In addition, it reflected $6 million in settlements on our BRL hedges. After adjusting for these items, our operations generated $32 million in operating cash flow before CapEx and capital lease payments of $10 million which shows the strong free cash flow margin of our business. I also note that our operating cash flow includes exploration expenditures for our Mexican operations, which are expensed rather than capitalized, core cancer project and care and maintenance expenditures, and of course, G&A and interest charges. For the full year, our consolidated AIC guidance is for 11.50 to 12.50 per ounce, and we're trending well to this with our nine month actual AISC at $1,221 and the noted 1023 reported for Q3. With gold and silver continuing at multi-year highs, we expect to see continued strong financial performance and cash flow generation in the fourth quarter. At $1,900 gold, Tucano is generating in the order of $800 per gold ounce of free cash flow. Other than the noted Tucano drill programs, there are no significant planned non-sustaining CapEx programs which are outside of our AISC guidance. 
In terms of our balance sheet, our cash position approved to $67 million at the end of September while we reduced our debt by about $4 million and also further reduced our trade payables as noted by $6 million during the quarter. Therefore, working capital improved to $25 million and our total debt at the end of Q3 sat at uh, $46 million, well below our, our total cash balance. Thank you. That's all for the formal remarks for today, and I'll turn the uh, call back to the operator for Q&A. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star then two. We will pause for a moment as callers join the queue. The first question comes from Heiko Eiley with HC Wainwright. Please go ahead. Hey guys, thanks for taking my questions. I appreciate it. It's nice to see the uh, stock up 7% today. Morning, Heiko. I was going through your Hey, I was going through your MDNA on page four here earlier today, and, and you hinted some of the COVID protocol, protocols that you have, and you hinted your contingency plans. Just a couple of follow-up questions on that. Can you elaborate on your contingency plans on an asset-by-asset basis? I don't know how much of that you're, you're willing and able to have out in the public domain. Sure. Um, I think our biggest contingency is obviously at, at Ducano. That's our biggest cash flow generator. Um, we, we do have a large number of stockpiles on, on site, so we, we are able to continue processing if for whatever reason our mining contractor is down. Um, we do have on-site diesel generators. We've got you know, um, a good store of inventories there, so I think we're, you know, we were able to last quite a time at Tucano if a you know, portion of the team is, is unable to operate for for a while, um, so that that that's our biggest um, contingency plan there. Obviously, in in, in Mexico again, we're, we're we're keeping our supply chains tight. We're making sure that our vulnerable employees are at home and not exposed to risk at site. And we have a, a very extensive testing protocol for people coming on on, on and off the mine. So um, I think certainly in Brazil, we managed the first wave. Um, well, we, we kept running, um, but you know, as you know, I think we are entering the second phase, and I think the Brazilians are going to do just fine. I think they've gone through the first wave. Um, the Mexicans didn't really hit hit the first wave, so they're experiencing it for the first time and learning a lot of the protocols from the Brazilians, obviously. But you know, Mexico is, is probably for me a more of a concern than Brazil. <laughs> Fair enough. Now makes makes perfect sense. Can you maybe also provide just a bit of color on your on how these plans have changed since June in Mexico when you when you restarted there? I assume the whole you know sanitation, not too many people in one spot, is still the same. But is there anything in regards to what areas of the mine you're you're going into? No, the mine plans essentially stay the same. You know, obviously, with, with you know, we, we've got to respect social distancing. So our operating practices have changed, you know, radically. But the areas in which we're mining, we're we're still pretty much sticking to the plan. 
Makes makes perfect sense. Great. And then and then cost wise, has has there any been any ma- meaningful changes since this whole uh, lunacy started? In other words, are your mitigation pre- measures getting more expensive? Uh, or, and on that same token, I assume you guys were obviously buying you know N95 masks before most people even knew what that was. So I assume you don't have any issues still getting your PPE, correct? Given that it's just much more competitive to get that stuff now. Yeah, no, we seem to be all fine in that area, and no issues there. Um, you know, I think we're we do have new protocols. We've you know we've we've stood down you know black supervisors who are vulnerable are now at home, so we are seeing some inefficiencies translate into the workforce. And that you know we can't work as quickly as we would have liked to before for safety issues, because we don't have the full complement of of teams there, but. I think generally the workforce has responded really well, and you know, in terms of the costs, I think we are certainly benefit, benefiting from weaknesses in the currencies in the countries we operate. And maybe Jim, you could have a bit more to say on on the effect of the currencies on our costs. Very helpful. I'll get back in queue. Thank you guys very much, and uh, thanks for taking my questions. Thank you. The next question comes from Joseph Rager with Roth Capital Partners. Please go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the questions, and congrats on a good quarter. Um, I guess, hey, so I guess first thing is um, on the debt front, you know, how far along are you guys on on doing any form of debt refinancing? Um, What are you seeing, if you you can comment on, on terms out there, um, and timing. Jim, you want to handle that one? Sure. Uh, hi, Joe. How are you doing? Um, in terms of refinancing, we, we'd like to get the uh, res- reserve and resource update for Tucano out first. I think that that's uh, I think that's an important piece of information that we'd like to get out and um, ensure the lenders have the benefit of knowing that. So we are, you know, in discussions with a number of lenders. We've provided, um, you know, information under confidentiality agreement, um, and you know, we're waiting for the completion of the MR, MR to take sort of discussions further. Uh, so timing, if we were to do something, probably more likely uh, in Q1 of uh, 2021. Um, <clears throat> and in terms of the market, I, I think there's seems to be good interest there um, and uh, and and uh, yeah good uh, good interest from on the part of lenders okay sounds good um, switching gears quite a bit uh, to Kano um, sometime next year you're gonna run out of these above ground stockpiles that you have and then uh, you know I assume go back to you know mining at a rate of close to you know 800,000 tons uh, per quarter, um, should we expect grade to go up, but cost to go up on a per ton basis as well? And is that 800,000 ton per quarter number right? Is it a little higher, a little lower? Can you give us any color there? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, we, we are going through our, our mine plans right now, and it's just part of the normal budgeting process. But yeah, we've got a mining contractor there who's you know, pretty much fixed in what volume they can handle in their trucks. So yeah, the the, the mining rate that we're obviously going to be running at the max mining rate, 
in terms of stockpiles, you know, they are lower grade stockpiles. So we, you know, we 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 um, will probably process them, you know, only when we need to. So we, we don't intend to run them down in a hurry. We'd leave them in preference for higher grade ore coming from deep pits. So, you know, I think the mine plan would include some stockpile, but certainly not all of it. But the, yeah, the the the, the mine planning process is still ongoing. So, you know, we we, we have, you know, we're not in a position to give any guidance for for the for the next couple of years yet. But um, you know, we, we'll get that to you as soon as we can. <clears throat> okay, uh, fair enough. And then at Topia, it looks like. You know your gold sales versus your gold production. Um, it was is down quite a bit. Normally, you're you know it's like eighty percent or something, uh, maybe eighty five. Uh, in this quarter was sixty three. Is that like an inventory build in gold at Topia? And if so, should we expect it to reverse next quarter? Jim, you want to handle that one? Joe, our, our, our gold production at Topia is generally pretty nominal. Um, it, it's the, the bulk of the production there is the silver, uh, and then there's a, a lead and zinc component. Um, it, it, you know, it, it will fluctuate uh, from quarter. But what we do produce in terms of gold at, at uh, Topia will fluctuate quarter to quarter depending on where we're mining and, and variability of the uh, gold grade versus silver grade. Okay, um, but specifically, was there was there an inventory build there? Because you, your production was 308 and your sales was 194, so there was a you know, 100-ounce gap there. Is that, or is that maybe a lag on the delivery of concentrates? It's, it's likely, it's most likely that, the uh, timing on the delivery of the concentrates. Okay, fair enough. I'll turn it over. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Joe. Once again, if you have a question, please press star, then one. The next question comes from Matthew O'Keefe with Cantor Fitzgerald. Please go ahead. Yeah, good morning. Congrats on a, a good quarter. Um, most of my questions have been uh, asked already by the other analysts, but um, I was wondering a bit on the exploration side. Um, you're generating some good cash here. Your 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 programs or your uh, exploration programs are ongoing. It seems you've got some good regional targets, uh, and you've already completed some of your near well, not completed, but done your plan for the near-term targets. How are we going to um, are we going to see an increase in like a significant increase in your exploration effort in in the short term and Maybe you could just discuss a little, um, you know, what's what's next near near mine as well as regional. Sure, thanks, Matt. Um, yeah, I think with Mexico, we, it's going to be more of the same. So this year, we budgeted four million dollars for you know basically in mine drilling at Topia and GMC. So we, can, I think, we'll continue to see that in order just to put confidence on the answers ahead of the mine plan in Mexico. In Brazil is where we are more focusing on the regions. So we had a $7 million budget this year, and it was split near mine and regional. So I think next year we're going to continue on the near mine stuff. We're going to be continuing to get more definition on the open pit resources. We're going to get a bit more detail on the underground, um, which Neil outlined. So hopefully to get that into the mine plans. And then I think most importantly is the regional stuff. So Nick Weiner, 
knows the area extremely well. He's identified a number of high-priority targets which we need to put diamond drill holes in next year. So the, the budget next year is probably going to be the same, if not a little bit higher, and in order to advance some of those regional opportunities. Okay. Um, thanks. And, and you touched on the, uh, you know, the, the, some of the detail work that you're doing this year will have an impact on, on your mine plan. Are you going to release some uh, guidance for a new mine plan sort of mid-next year? Or is there, I know you're going to do a resource before the end of this year, but um, what, what about a sort of mine plan guidance? Yeah, I mean, you know, typically we, we issue the, the annual guidance early on in the year. Um, we will be getting our reserve report out on Tucano in December, so, you know, that will have the life of mine details. And then, you know, 2021 guidance is when we have the budgets finalized, so that'll be early next year we get that guidance. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, that's, uh, that's great. Um, okay, good. Thanks. That's it for me. Thank you. The next question comes from Aaron Franklin, a private investor. Please go ahead. Yes, uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'm just wondering about uh, the Peru mine, the Corachana mine. Uh, you guys had purchased in 217, and uh, last year you guys were saying that you guys were going to make a decision on this mine if you guys were going to uh, start it. Uh, do you have any time frame what you guys are looking to do with the Peru mine? Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Um, we we do. So you know, we, we are currently on care and maintenance right now. So we're doing some cleanup activities there. Um, we did last year um, run some material through the mill, and this year we're looking at you know the um, how, how how best to mine this deposit. It's it was last mined by Neostar in 2013. I used the long hole mining method, which the, the grades never really got up to where they should be. So, you know, the, the mine is challenged by the terrain. It's narrow vein. And so we're looking to you know, get a more selective mining process there. And the challenge there is to, to fill the mill. So it is in study phase. Um, certainly with the higher silver prices, you know, things are looking much more interesting there. And if we can crack the secret of mining more selectively but getting enough headings in place to fill the mill, then, you know, I believe we'll have an answer. So I think, you know, it's still a work in progress and, you know, we, we are looking at what the best way is to, to restart this facility. Is there a cost to restart? What would be the, I always thought, what, what would be the cost to restart the mine if you guys did make a decision on this? It would be essentially just, you know, getting access into the mine, into the, in, into the um, scopes. So, there would be a nominal amount of um, work that we need to do to rehabilitate the the, the mining access, but you know the, the plant is in place, the infrastructure is in place, so we would have to spend some money on development on the mine, but you know, um, it's not a significant initial capital. What do you think, fifteen, twenty million, or is that too high? So any kind of just rough yeah. estimate? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that's too high. Too high? Okay. Oh. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, the, the challenge there is, is to get payable ore, and uh, you know the, <laughs> the the previous operators failed in that challenge, so it, it, it it's a it's a tricky deposit. Sounds like it. So it's just uh, you guys got to find a way to mine it profitably, or what? What if you guys will you guys sell it if you guys decide not to uh, 
continue with it? Yeah, uh, obviously that's a that's a decision we're going to have to get to next year. You know, if 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 we can't do it ourselves, then we'd have to look at doing it with someone else or or, or even selling it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. The next question comes from Troy George with uh, a private investor. Please go ahead. Okay. Um, in the first and uh, second quarter, uh, you got beat up pretty bad with some currency swaps in the Brazilian real. And I was wondering um, if you sold some of those swaps when the um, real um, strengthened um, a, a full real against the dollar. And um, also, do you have a currency trader? working for you. Hi, it's Jim Zadra. Uh, we did settle some of those out in Q3 when the, um, the Brazilian Real took uh, a bit of a dip. Uh, we're currently, we have about 40 million notional uh, of the contracts that uh, we're continuing to hold. Um, we don't have an internal currency trader. We have, uh, we do have a treasury person uh, that manages that function along with uh, other treasury f functions. And um, we work with various external parties on uh, on currency transactions. Okay, that was my only question. Thank you very much. This concludes the question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to the presenters for any closing remarks. Thank you very much, everyone, for attending our Q3 call. Um, we look forward to continuing to, to make money from our operations, and we will talk to you in the next quarter. Thank you very much. This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating, and have a pleasant day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.